Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends, and welcome to another episode of Backroom Beauty Talks. So... As a money coach for hairstylists, although I do focus a lot on um, the personal money management that happens within your life, like basically the money that you get when you bring your income home, I also talk to stylists a lot about how to improve their business. And when it comes to finances, within business, like we are creative human beings, right? Like we are not people who really got into this business because we wanted to sit down and crunch crunch numbers and look at spreadsheets. So I always suggest salon scale. Salon scale is a scale that attaches to your phone via Bluetooth, and it uses an app to track exactly how much you are spending um, in color. It's telling you how much each bowl is going to cost per head. It saves your formulas. It helps you do orders. It's absolutely amazing. It can turn you literally into a business woman or man the moment that you start using it. So I'm super excited today to have Alicia, the one of the founders of Salon Scale on the podcast. And I really, really, truly want to thank her for coming on here and being very honest and open about what it's like to start a company that nobody really believed in or nobody necessarily saw the vision that she saw. And now three years later, she is completely changing the industry with this piece of equipment. If salon skill is something that you're interested in, which again, as a money coach, I highly, 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 highly recommend it. I cannot say that enough. You can save 10% if you use MISTY10, M-I-S-T-Y 10, when you get an annual membership. I promise you that the cost of your membership will literally be saved the first month that you start using it. I am not even joking, okay? I use Salon Scale for the last two years behind the chair, and I cannot tell you how much it changed, not only how I worked my numbers in my business, but it also changed how I mixed my color and I stopped wasting it. Because honestly, when you're wasting color, you're wasting money. But anyway, 
This was the first time that I got a chance to chat with Alicia just one-on-one and I really enjoyed this so much and I know that you will too. Don't forget, if you like this episode, please screenshot it, post it on the gram, tag me, tag Salon Scale, all of the things. And if you leave a review, uh, it will literally just make my day. So enjoy. Hello, Alicia. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me on Backroom Beauty Talks. I'm like really excited to talk to you because I feel like you're doing really big things and I really want to know a little bit about the behind the scenes of it all. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to be here and honestly, like we were kind of saying, we've never really actually met until now. So I'm really excited to have this raw conversation with you. Um, And yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited to be here and I love what you're up to and I love to be a part of any of this stuff of sharing and and caring for the industry we, we both love so much. Well, shoot, you love what I'm up to. I love what you're up to because you help simplify for stylists knowing their numbers, which essentially in this business is like, that's not our jam, right? Like, <laughs> we just want to play with hair all day. <laughs> like, it's true. I mean, it started like, you know how it is. Like you go to hair school, you don't go to hair school to be like, how am I going to balance a book? at the end of the year like you go there because you love making people feel probably amazing you go to be artistic and creative and nothing screams math when you when you enter that and then i think our industry um as you know it just bulldozes us to a cliff and then all of a sudden we're like we're fast-paced being a chair renter and then a business owner and like then opening up a salon if you do whatever stage that is and then it's like this cliff of finance that feels like we're just jumping off and uh up up until recently we didn't really have a lot of support there so yeah that's the concern I have for the industry is that that we're pushing people to a place that we're not you know we don't have a solid foundation for yet well I think it's really interesting because um you know I have been behind the chair for it'll be 18 years this year so it's been so I came up before Instagram right Mm -hmm. so like I got into it because I just hated high school and I just wanted to like do something where I can do what I want but in my mind it was never like I'm gonna make a lot of money you know that was like not really a part of it and then once you get into the hair world and you realize wow like there is money to be made i feel like that's when the numbers start coming in that's where the business mind has to start coming in and like they don't teach you that so i'm curious nowadays because instagram is talking about it a lot more and you're getting a lot more education around it what the next generation of stylists is going to look like like are we going to have more business minded stylists coming up? Well, I think that's a great question. I think like obviously the pendulum has swung completely over into having more independent artists, um, more suite owners, and more of these smaller boutique salons. Um, So in essence, we're not seeing like larger salons get bigger and bigger and more franchise. We're seeing things get more fragmented and smaller, which is a blessing because all of us are planting the seeds for the next generation. Mm -hmm. And what I'm starting to see here is that if 75% of our market is independent, that means 75% of our industry is learning business, which if you need to insert business literacy in an industry, what better way than having that many people that are focusing on metrics, numbers, um, and goals and whatever else. So I do see blends coming back. I do see uh, a group or a coupling of independents turning into like a co-op situation. So it's like the new take of commission, meaning they might share overhead, they might share color, they might do all this stuff. And that will be the new version of, of 
commission-based salons and then obviously their new talent would be on commission until they're ready to pay into that overhead um but what i'm starting to see is such a an increased amount of knowledge when it comes to business right now and i just could not be more happy to be a part of that transition and to be able to see and witness so much more education around that side um so yeah i think that's kind of what's what's up right now and it's it's it definitely is going to change for sure yeah, it's exciting. So, all right, we just kind of jumped right into this. For those listening, you are the founder of Salon Scale. So, tell me a little bit about um, your story. Like, because you were a salon owner, correct? Or are you still a salon owner? Not anymore. I sold January 2020. So, <laughs> right before the pandemic, I sold. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yay. And then I was like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops. So talk to me a little bit about um, your story in kind of going from salon owner to now the founder of this amazing thing. I don't want to say product, but this amazing contraption. <laughs> it's like um, someone called it the, um, what was it? The magic mystery tool or something. I don't know. It's like some weird thing. I was like, oh, okay, well, we can, we can go with that. Um, but yeah, essentially my story started like many others. I was a stylist. Um, I then, um, I was a stylist for about three years and then I went independent. Um, and then I ran my suite for about a year and a half. Um, and then I opened up a 10 chair salon. So I transitioned quite quickly. Like by time I was in the business for four and a half years, I had already had a 10 chair salon. Um, and I, again, this like thing where we get to the cliff and had to learn finances. Well, I was now in a position where, you know, the livelihoods of seven other stylists were in my hands. My business on the outside looked amazing, but on the inside it was crumbling. Um, and what was happening was like, we were, we were doing, we were like one of the top 200 salons in, in our country. And I think what happened was like, we grew it past, it was like $1.2 million of revenue, like off seven service providers in a smaller center. Um, and we, we understood how to bring in that top line revenue, but what I never really truly understood was that bottom line or what were things that were costing us or how to really help with budgets and, and et cetera. So I decided to leave the chair, which um, I kind of cut my hours back and you don't really truly leave the chair. Like I felt like I was like, <laughs> back in the chair, but I was, but I, and I realized one of the biggest flaws our industry had. Um, and when I cut it back to looking at it, I started looking at the, the parts of the business and I realized we had two businesses. We had a retail business and we had a service-based business mm -hmm. on the retail side. We can manage that, right? Because on the, on the front end, we know how much it costs to have someone work the front. We know how much we're buying in product. We know how much we're selling every month. And we know what it costs to maintain that. Like those are numbers that you can track. And it's an but easy you know, visual. Really? Yeah. I know. And I was like, oh, okay, we've got this, like that side of the business. But then what I realized was the back end of the business, the service side was all out of whack. And a lot of it was because at least 65% of my business came from hair coloring services. And there was one part in there that I could never track. So I could track how much we did in back bar expenses, like how much we were buying for products, but I couldn't figure out um, how, how much color we were using in that time. So I found it, I found that one leak in our business and I was like, holy shit, this is, this is, this is the problem is that we never, I just don't, I don't care. I just want to know how much the bowl costs. I just need to know how much that bowl costs so that I don't have to micromanage my team. Like, I don't want to scrape bowls and then like yell at everyone for 
using too much. And I just wanted to give us a simple solution that was like taking that emotional, you know, decision away. And I just had this light bulb moment because I was actually renovating the salon and I went and got paint and they had that machine and they were like mixing the paint and I was watching that. And then I got ice cream and they charged me by weight. I got frozen yogurt and they, yes. and it was whatever I put in there was what, but, and I was like, holy shit, this is it. This is all our industry needs. We just need a scale. We already have a scale. It's mm-hmm. like, we just need a, like an app that can measure, use Bluetooth technology or tell us how much the damn bowl costs. And that was basically three years ago. Um, I jumped, I was like, and I can't even, like, I could go on forever about this, but I was on a career high. Like I was becoming a platform artist with major brands. Like I was going to what my passion was going for, but then there was this thing called a calling. And I had, I was at the crossroad of like, do I turn right and answer this and sacrifice all of this stuff that I've been working so hard for me, for me personally, in my career to better change an industry than I found it? Like, do I turn? Do I do this? What's going to happen? And I turned and I jumped. And I honestly, like, I didn't still know what I was going to sacrifice to go there. And there was a lot of sacrifice to do that. But when I jumped and I found, um, we built our first MVP, we saw how much Olaplex cost in pens on a scale. I broke down and I was like, this is my mark that I want to make on the industry. And from there, I yeah, like I said, we launched, we have, you know, well over 8,000 people using our, our app every day. Um, we have 21 staff members um, and we've raised, you know, millions of dollars. And I'm just so proud that I had this opportunity and that I can make sure that no other stylist ever felt like I did. And that's truly where the mission and value comes from Salon Scale. I love that. So I, I'm hearing that you're a go-getter. Like you've always been a go-getter. Is that true? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's that like having two older brothers, you know, in your, you know, you got to be like, prove like I could do it too kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, how many people, do, first of all, are you somebody that tells your ideas out loud? Or are you like, I'm going to do it behind the scenes? I am always, I literally every day I'm like, I have an idea. And I tell people. Okay. And then, yeah. I'm the same. <laughs> um, how many people told you that's crazy? What you can't do that? Oh my god, I still get it all the time. I still really? Time. Yeah. Um, and even now, what's worst is just like when you're raising money, people are like that industry. That industry is not large enough. That's niche. And I'm like, oh yeah. Well, look at what we've done. You know. So it's like it's funny where you do get a lot of naysayers, or you got you get a lot of no's, but. I think I learned really early on that when you get the word no, that points you faster to the yes. Like for every single time someone says no to you, it's going to reset your focus to the yes, to the point of what you really need to do. So I encourage anyone to be uncomfortable, let your ideas be heard and listen to all the no's because the no's are going to direct you to the focus and like where focus goes, energy flows. So if you can get as much of that out there faster, you're going to achieve your goals a lot faster. Do you use the no as like your motivation to make it work like a fuck you? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh my, right. Like when someone (laughs) says no, you're like, well, watch what I can fucking do. Like, you know, you just, you literally need it you need to fuel yourself to be able to to do that because what you're trying to do is what people have never never done or 
is something new and it's a new concept, whatever it is. And so you need to kind of fuel yourself up to be able to achieve, achieve what you're, you're setting yourself up to, to do. Are you somebody that, that works on like internal validation, like, so that when something like that comes up, you're kind of like, you know what, like, it's fine. I got this. Like, I don't need you anyway. I can still like do this. Like, do you have to work on that? I like my internal person is such a hype girl. Like she's like, don't even listen to like, she's so intense. Like that when I get in a, in a rough situation, it's like, they don't know what they're thinking about. You'll be fine. Like, it's literally like, it's a very strong presence in there. It's very diva. Like, um, and up until recently, I felt like, um, I felt letting go and going into darker places. And I think like COVID really did that to me where I hit dark places and I hit these depths and that voice was gone. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, your internal mind is your internal health is just as important as your external health. And so, yeah, like I, I do have to say that I've always had a pretty positive mindset. Like when I wake up, I'm like, you're going to crush it today. But when you get life that hits you and you get all these things that come at you, sometimes it, it softens the voice that you should be listening to and it enhances the ones that you probably shouldn't. Yeah. I, uh, COVID, um, did that for a lot of people. I mean, I know I'm a pretty positive person. Like I'm very, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I mean, I have my insecurities like anyone, but like, I'm a fairly confident and like trust myself, but 2020 put me in a dark place. It was like it, and you know what it was, it was, I lost control of my life. You know, I lot, like I, it was like, okay, like we always prepared for like, if something were to happen, but not my business, like nobody can shut down doing hair. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'll be fine. And it was like 2020 just came and went, just kidding. Like, (laughs) so it was an interesting, um, it was an interesting year for sure. I'm very grateful for it now, but y'all really stepped up, um, as a company when COVID hit. So talk to me a little bit about kind of what was going through your head in your darkest time with still having a growing business, a new growing business. Yeah. I mean, we, I went straight to empathy and I was like, who do I want to be known as a company outside of this? Because I could keep taking revenue from customers. I could keep, keep, keep pleading to pay, like have these subscriptions paid for, which was giving me revenue to pay for my staff. Or what I could do in that time period was focus on those customers. What what do they need? So what we did is I literally called my, I called my two co-founders and I was like, we're going to lay off the staff and we're going to shut off all payments until July 1st. So that was in March. And I said, I don't want a single salon paying for a subscription and they have too much on their plate right now that they don't even know. They don't even have time to hit this unsubscribe button right now. Like, let's just, it doesn't matter what state they are, nothing like shut off the payments. And uh, that, that was basically death to a startup. Like that was a really scary thing. But I was, I said the same thing. I was like, if we could be there then, then they'll be there for us later. Like, that's all I said. Um, so we shut off those payments and people were just so like, oh my God, like, thank you so much for doing this. Like they were so appreciative and it started to get uh, a buzz. So then what I did is I leaned into our industry and I started to make together we talk series where we'd bring people together and uh, we ended up having about 2,000 people watch these t- series um, 
And through that, people were like, well, I still want salon scale. How do I get started? So what we did was we offered a discounted rate if someone wants to buy out a year package. And we ended up uh, doubling our business in four months. Um, during COVID. During COVID because of that. And when you really, like, when you when I really think about that now, I, like, I'm so grateful to make that decision, but I'm so thankful that we could do something because that is like the worst pain ever is watching so many things being destroyed and you can't, you have to sit back, but it was so nice that we could do something. And I think it's important as a company, like you see a lot of bigger companies that they kind of forget that there's small stylists. I don't say small, that's not the best way to say it, but you know, like the little guy that, you know, is backing the company. So it's like, it's nice to see a company care (laughs) you know, it's just, it's good. And it does, it builds trust, you know, which is great. I mean, I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah, COVID was interesting. And I think that I'm assuming you got a little pushback on that decision as well. Yeah, it was, um, I think at first it was like, uh, what, like what's going to happen. But I think when you're just transparent and like, you just explain why and what the outcomes are, like everyone was like, we trust you. Like, we'll go with this and it'll be fine. And I think so much more leaning into that gut instinct was probably the best thing that ever happened. But I think like, sometimes like there's stories and there's milestones in your story. There's chapters to your book of life. And that was just one of my chapters and I'm proud of it. And I think when I speak to future, you know, salon scalers or future investors or whatever, I bring up that moment and those hard decisions and and why, why this matters and the decisions that I've made in the chapters of my life are going to make up for what needs to happen in the next chapters. Right. Um, so to be honest, like, I'm, I'm really grateful how it happened. I'm grateful how I addressed it. And I think I'm a complete different leader now than I ever was prior. So I'm I'm grateful for the opportunities and the leadership that came after, um, being hit with such a hard, hard blow. Well, and those small sacrifices lead to the bigger wins. That's something like I coach on all the time because it's so true, but it's true. Like those chapters, they're short in the scheme of things. Yeah. And you also never know who's watching. You never know who's watching because it's so wild because you think that like, oh, I have X amount of followers. I have this many people. Like, no, like your reach is so much farther than just that exposure. And I started noticing this because when I started to make these transitions, like people that I didn't think followed us was reaching out and commenting and doing this. And you know, when you walk in and you find an old friend and they're like, Oh, I saw you went on this trip and this happened, blah, blah, blah. Like people are, your reach is a lot farther. And so I think it's just really funny how you, if you, if people, I feel like you owe it to that reach, you owe it to that market to show your wins and and show the sacrifice and show what it takes because when you show up every day and you lean into that you're going to inspire more people to do that and that is not selfish that's not self-centered that's not show look at what I can do what you're doing is you're setting a bar for someone else's life to be like I can do that too and I think like I used to think that was so selfish for so long to be like look what we did this week and or like I thought that people would think it was egotistical right right until I like ran into these people and they're like, oh my God, well, we did this too. Or my family went on a trip too, after we saw that, like share your life because your life is going to inspire other people's lives. 
Well, your story matters, like matters more than you think. I mean, I don't, when I was still behind the chair, it was crazy, like talking with clients, like just about various things, um, you know, that I was changing in my life. And, and they would always like, they'd come back and they'd be like, oh, you inspired me. I did this when I went home. And it's like, oh, like, like you have silent fans really, like whether it be online that you just don't even realize you're helping. Do you feel like it comes down to just keep showing up? You got to. And I think, um, that's that other thing when we were talking about like going into a deep place, what I realized for me personally, validation is a huge thing. It's huge rock in my life. And when we don't have events and we don't have people, people to people contact and like being around and being in these social settings, uh, settings, I was, I had really lack of validation. I didn't have as many people telling me how awesome I was looking. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I didn't have that, that's why I went into that darker place. Yeah. And so I think, you know, no matter what you have to realize that, like, what are these things that are holding you back and then show up and honor that. And then, and, and, and then share, share these weak moments and share like how you got through them, because those steps that you're taking is going to help again, someone else see that they, they can accomplish that too. Um, but I think we're screaming for authenticity I think we're screaming to be heard, all of us. And gone are the days to be like, oh, that person's a legend. That person's been written about that. Per-. Like, don't single yourself as like that one person that changed everything. But picture yourself as a part of a community that changed. And when you focus more of that, you'll probably get the validation that you, you might need. The validation thing is so interesting because when I stepped away from behind the chair to do coaching full-time, I realized that like I walked into the salon and I was validated every day, every client, somebody was happy and then they handed me money. And like, it was a constant, you know, oh my God, I'm doing a good job. Right. And then I stepped into this space, which is completely different where you work really hard and you really don't know if money's going to come in. Like, like you do all this work with just question marks at the end of of the the sentence, you know? And it's like, I've had to find like, look how far I've come. Look what I'm doing. Look at like, like find it within myself. I still really enjoy outside validation. Like, (laughs) I mean, let's be real. (laughs) Like, but it's been really hard. And then you get in the Instagram world and then you start looking for it there. And that's, that makes it worse. I think. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that was an interesting transition um, because you really do have to pat yourself on the back and you really do have to take a minute and say, look what I've done. Look how far I've come. And it's okay. Like you said, it's okay to say it out loud. Like it's not a bad thing. And say it to others. Yeah. Like say it, you work with someone, you have a friend, validate people. Mm-hmm. Like if you want it, then if you give it, you'll get it. So if you just sit back and you keep waiting for someone to validate you, you're going to obviously feel upset, but if you validate more people, it'll come back to you, you know, yes. and it's kind of, we learned this, this is like mirroring behavior. Like we've learned this from behind the chair. We've learned this everywhere. And I think, I think it's just really important to practice what you preach and know that it is two-sided. And sometimes we just ex- we hope that people can see, how can you not see I need this? Or how can you not see what I've done that we, you know, we get frustrated, we give up, we, we move on. 
Um, but what if we just asked for what we wanted? Like, what if we just like went out there and we're like, hey, I've been feeling really lonely. I did a kick-ass job. I built this clientele. Can someone give me a kudos for that? Like, just if you ask for what you want, you you shall receive. Yes, I I love that. And honestly, this is like making me want to just like text a random friend and be like, did you know that I love you today? Like, <laughs> you know, because I got the warm, fuzzy feeling because it's true. Like, can you imagine just making someone's just spending 10 minutes a day doing that? Just yeah. tell someone why you care about them. Like our world is going to be even better. Just more, yeah. more positive. Well, and if for anyone listening, like I challenge you today to just text somebody and tell them that, that they inspire you. Anyone like, yeah. just see what happens, like yeah. see how you feel, see how they feel like, um, cause it does, it feels good. And, 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 and pat yourself on the back for the you same thing, it. you know, like, and it's so, yes, ugh, your story matters. Like everyone's story matters, you know? It does. And there's no such thing as, oh, well, you know, I'm not doing as much or I don't have as good of a story. Like that's such, like, that's not like, it's all perspective, you know? It's yeah. all in the lens of who's listening to the story. Well, have and it's comparison. Right. Because has the person listening to your story heard all these other stories that you're, you're comparing them to? Or are you a fresh person, right? So it's like, we do this all the time. And it's like, um, the person that you're probably talking to does not understand all the things that you're comparing yourself to. So if you just show up as yourself and you you tell your story and all that stuff, you know, you're going to find that connection. That person's going to still see, um, see what you're trying to whatever sell or, you know, whatever you're trying to do, they're going to be able to see that, but you got to get out of your own head. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So important. I mean, confidence is such an interesting thing because you can be so confident in one thing, but then your mind can be telling you that you just like suck in another area. And it's like, it's not always, it's not even true. You know, it's like, well, you can learn, like, you don't have to completely discount it. Like, (laughs) I know. And like, actually, that's a really good word is confidence. Like, how do you create that? And I think if you, I always used to say this to my staff was like, let's paint a picture. So to build confidence to them, I would say, let's paint a picture. Like if you went to a doctor and the doctor was talking about how they like partied all weekend and then they met this celebrity and then this happened. And then you would be like, okay, I'm here for me. And um, it doesn't feel very professional, right? Like you have sometimes a moment where that happens. So then if we paint a picture about you going to the doctor's office and that person comes in and, and just validates your problems, gives you a solution, moves on, you're going to be like, boo, 10 out of 10, this person is definitely professional. So you as a hairstylist. So that's the point right there. Where it's like, if we're going to paint a picture, who do you want to be? And so if you want to show up and you want to be treated and you want to make sure that everyone sees you and validates you as that professional, then you need to make sure that you are in that picture of your life and you need to show up as that person. Um, and it was a really cool exercise because they would like show up and be like, yeah, I am a professional. I can do this and I can prescribe and I can show up and um, give them solutions to their problems. And things completely changed in their careers when they just met, like changed that mental shift. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the money thing, like, you know, the like changing your money story, it was like, you know, when you sit there and say, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke. I don't know numbers, all of these things. Like 
you're literally blocking off learning numbers. You're literally blocking off having more money, learning what to do with your mind. Like you're telling your mind that it's not even worth doing. But if you just start saying, you know, oh, I'm working towards, you know, being a wealthy stylist, I'm working towards learning how to manage my money. Then you're telling your mind, like, we're doing this, we're working towards it. And it's so true. Like sometimes just changing the way that you say things are, is pivotal for your success. So when you started salon scale, what was, there had to have been some negative shit coming up in your head. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, two things. Number one. Okay. So the worst, the worst, worst timing was I had three stylists leave my salon while I was still owning the salon and starting salon scale. So the salon was like going in the shitter and then salon scale had 23 days of money left. So I had two businesses failing at the same time. It was the worst, worst time of my life. And not to mention, I still don't even like, I don't talk about this much, which kind of makes me sad sometimes, but I do have two small children, you know? I didn't know that. I do. I have a five-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son. And so three years ago, they were babies. And so I'm struggling with all this stuff. I remember even like, I always say like the weight of the shower, like it felt like rocks hitting me. Like I couldn't breathe. It was so heavy. And I felt like I lost influence over others to help them show up. I felt like I wasn't showing up for others, but what I wasn't realizing was that the universe was shifting me in the direction I needed to do. And I needed to accept those things and move on. Um, But some of the things my mind was telling me was like, just stop. Like no one is going to adopt this. Like they're not going to believe you. You're from Saskatchewan, Canada. Like how is it, how are you going to have a global company from here? How are you going to actually raise this money Uh, you're not going to be able to validate, like, there's just so many things that would come at me and just want me to give up. Like, it was just such a evil kind of mindset. Um, and I just had a moment where I actually closed my eyes. I visualized like, where am I, where am I in my mind? And I realized that I was like in this small corner by myself. And what I was doing was I was like in this dark corner by myself in my mind and I was waiting for someone to rescue me Mm. I was waiting for someone to come and take it all away and then I realized that no one was coming like no one was going to get me out of this but me um and so I like made a dash for it and I was like here's what I'm going to do step one step two step three and when I did that and I took those steps forward it became lighter and brighter and I got out and I realized that every struggle I've ever had in my life and every time I would crawl into that space. And again, if you are a salon owner, a suite owner, and you get into that, the numbers thing, the money, you go into this place where you're like, oh, someone will rescue me. Someone else will do this, right? And when you you think about it, if you can control yourself from getting that far, you can control the outcome. And at one point when I thought so out of control, I was going to lose everything. I was like with two small kids. And like, I even had to have my mom watch my kids. Like I had to get them out of the house because the negative energy in my house was so toxic at that time. Like people, it was like walking on eggshells. Like you didn't know. And I just like my, I, my mom took the kids for a couple of weeks. Um, I got it together. I took those steps forward and I will never forget because I said, you know, after that, I was like, I will never jeopardize my kids again um 
I will never let them see me in that dark place, but I'm thankful and grateful that it happened because they saw me go from desperation to, to making things happen. So that's kind of like, your mind is going to play all these things. And like, I'm headed to uh, a big task. Like salon scale is not in the like green or at all. Like I am still in it and I still mentally have to struggle with this all the time. And I have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's the community that's like, Salon Scale changed my business. Salon Scale is a game changer. Those validations and words of affirmation have helped me stay in it and show up into investor meetings and prove and prove and prove and, and grow this business. Uh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's definitely been one of the more rewarding things I've done as well. Well, you're changing the industry. I mean, you're not just changing stylists. Like it's like an industry shift. It's crazy to think of that. And I was thinking about it as like the behavior is changing, right? When someone's, when someone goes mixed color, they're like grabbing this app, they do this and they change how they charge, which changes their behavior. And I was like, oh my God, like the impact that it's not just like you added a new flat iron or a new tool to the mix. Like it's actually influencing a behavioral change in a salon um, and it's taking that emotional side away, which is so high. And it's, and it's validating that we all are business leaders. We all can make this happen. We don't need, you don't need a degree to run your business. You're fine. So with this kind of mindset, that's the tools that I wanted to create. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really neat to be a part of something that's changing the behavior and empowering stylists to know that they don't need to know this shit. Like you don't need to know how to balance that. You just need to be empowered enough to know who to talk to and what the steps are involved to get to the next, the next stages. Well, that's the thing, especially nowadays with all the technology out there, like things don't have to be difficult. Like you can find ways to make things simple. Like salon scale makes things simple. You literally do what you are going to do anyway you know, and then it shows you how much you're spending in your, like, it's not that like, you don't have to like, you know, how much was this color to let me take out the calculator and like break it down per head. Like it makes it easy. And that's the thing nowadays is like, we need easy hairstylists need easy. We're exhausted. Like it's just an exhausting job. Um, it takes so much energy and no, nobody wants to sit down and spreadsheet. And I mean, shit with Sonsco, you don't even have to like do an order. Like it basically does it for you. Like, <laughs> Well, and that's exactly it. I think like it's like, we can't afford not to do it. Like, to be honest, it's like some people are like, but Alicia, like I know my numbers or sometimes they'll say something like, well, I charge enough that it's just included in there. But I, I want to like remind ourselves about like, like economy and things change and they inflate in price and we're not charging variable service on variable like variable variable pricing on variable services it you're going to always get into a situation where it's like six months to a year out you're now dipping into that um but yeah salon scale really it does like we do a lot more like i, I get really excited about it and i like try not to oversell it because it, the, the, it does sell itself sometimes but yes, yeah um I just feel like it's, we made it simple. We made it so it will actually just enhance what you're already doing and not take away. And then you will instantly, because the, that's the thing is it'll, it'll instantly pay for itself. It will instantly. Oh pay yeah. I, I used to throw away so much color until Sunscale. I never thought twice about it. Like I didn't even think about it. 
And then now I just like, I find myself, you know, I'll mix smaller bowls. Cause I'm like, I'm not throwing away. That's $5. I'm not throwing that away. <laughs> like, I don't, I always say it's like, there's two different stylists. There's the chef and the baker. So <laughs> our bakers are very meticulous. They, you know, measure, you know, make sure they fall to fall in a formula. And our chefs are like, maybe season it with this and throw the, oh, a yeah. more creative. Um, so it kind of helps make the chefs be able to be, make sure that they're accountable and it also helps um, make sure that uh that the uh we always say the bakers um have their formulas tracked uh without having to write it write it down so what do you like i know you have to have some and maybe you can't tell me i don't know um but what do you have planned for salon scale like what are your big dreams with it like do you have like i don't know like do you want to turn it into a scheduling app and like you know what i mean like what is your i'll tell you it all First of all, I'm terrified to turn it into a scheduling app. Um, I think the biggest thing with booking is that it's it's so congested. Like that market, there's just so many booking softwares. So for me, I'm like, can you integrate it? I can integrate, yes. So I was like, why not integrate with others and like let, you know, and then focus on the, th- the tools behind the business. So for me, the next thing for us is the word consultation. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, there's okay. There's two things. I'll give you the two secrets. Number one consultation. I hate when a client comes in and they'll be like, Oh, I want this big change today, but they were only booked in for this amount of time. And it's because they make their mind up last minute all the time. What if the consultation started before it hit your chair? Like what if the consultation started where, you know, you could have consultation in the queue where your customer could then validate like, Hey, here's what, here's what my hair looks like today. Here's what I want can that be done next week or can that be done in the next se- session? And then we can basically give you like a client card that would recommend it based off like what they want. You could be able to recommend more time, maybe more product, but be able to take that pricing, that, that achiness of the consultation be like, Hey, great. If you want that, it's going to cost this much more. And here's how much that is. Right. So instead of taking, instead of having that right in your chair in front of your face where someone's like, I only have a hundred dollars and two hours of time. Let's bring that away so that we can make a more non-emotional decision but more of a financial decision that isn't just shoved in our face right behind our chair where you have you basically are forced into doing it you're like okay well I'll do the whole correction and it'll be 80 dollars like right so what if we took that emotional thing away that is the next thing we're working on is smart consultations and emotionless consultations how do we build it so that it's it's set up so that you will win every time I love Um, and the next one is uh, we are actively building out a bar tab. What that means is oh. all your all your back bar expenses um, are all over the place, foils, fluffs, all that stuff. So it's like, what if you had just like a tab where in, you know you like scan like you can scan the UPC or scan in your products. So you know you're done those gloves, scan it, scan it, and then when you want to clear out your tab, you just cash it out. Um, so for us, we want to bring the POS uh, to the salon. So you can self-check out your supplies from your salon instead of like going to the store, writing a list or writing it down. They'll be like, literally, it'll be integrated into fulfillment centers where you can go ahead and do that. Oh, that's amazing. So basically you could do all your order from the app at this point, like everything. Everything. And so to, to get there, that's a huge uplift, right? Because we have to think about it. We have to integrate with any major supplier we have to integrate into their inventory 
um, or your distributor or your, like we have to become your digital sales force basically. So I think the first step is to provide you with a list. So it's easy for you to like go from there. And then the second step is to like actually help you with the transaction. So stay tuned for that because this year is going to be transformational on Salon Scale. Cause not only are we going deeper into consultation but we're also going into back bar management and then basically giving you an end to end. And earlier when we talked about that salons have two businesses they have service and they have retail. Salon Scale focuses on your 70% plus. Salon Scale focuses on the service side. So we create software to help manage and make sure that that stuff is operating properly. Um, and that's where we're going to see this happen is we're going to just create these new systems that make it easier and that you don't ever have to be in an uncomfortable situation because not only is it uncomfortable charging your clients, so let's help with that, but also when you have sales reps and you have people pushing product down your throat every five minutes, let's remove that as well. Like let's, let's put the buying power back in the salon owner's hands. That needs to happen now more than ever. And that is, ex that's exactly where we're heading. I love that. There is nothing worse than being in the middle of a client and a rep coming in, trying to talk to you and sell you something. Like, first of all, why can't you make an appointment? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, uh, where, where, yeah, exactly. Why can't you make it? Where's the DM opportunities? Like we, like, we just need to enhance that communication platform. So we'll do it. I'll build it. And then we'll ship that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love your vision. I love you. This has been like a great conversation. Like I very much enjoyed this conversation. Too, I, like, we just need to get across the border here so I can come and actually see you. I know. So what do you have planned this year? I mean, I know it's hard with, um, you still have some regulations in Canada, but are you going, can you even do clap? Like, are you doing anything up there? Can you not? Um, not really. We've been working like we've been working with others in the country, uh, to kind of help whether it's like sponsor being a part of those kinds of things, honestly, zero travel. And I anticipate no travel for the rest of the year. Um, but I'm hoping that by fall, we should have some of these restrictions, especially we'd have a good um, understanding of what it's going to be like um, going into in international travel. We'll see what that looks like. But I can, I am like, I'm going to be on a plane every month next year. So yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, let's just like get, get this going. Do you do in-salon classes or how does that um we don't, you know what, we get this all the time where people are like, can you come in and teach my staff? Basically what we've done is we created a online series where we, we can, this is what you're going to do in a staff meeting here. So how you watch this. And the reason why you guys is because we don't want to charge you $500 a month for a subscription. So in order to not charge you that much money a month, we drop the price as low as we can. So 29 for, uh, independents, uh, solo suites, or 99 for salons with multi-stylists. Um, we made the price as low as we could. Therefore, if we had to go in person, like we'd never scale. Like there's, there would be no way that we can go and talk to like 10,000 salons. Like I couldn't have, like we wouldn't be able to afford it. We would, we would lose money. Right. So we made online stuff, but we made these tools so easy that you can adopt them and bring them in. And the videos are like me talking to a lot of your team. So you, they can watch it on their own time. Um, it's just an easier way for us to scale. And honestly, if we have an opportunity to have a global company that can change salons, like I would love to go to salon to salon, but I love the opportunity that if we can scale it properly and have a video series and have the industry support us that it is a video series um, and that it's more of a digital uh, implementation guideline, I think we can do some great things.
And Swan Scale is so easy to use. I mean, it's so not complicated. Easy. So it's like, you know, it's. It is. And then also we work with our community all the time. Um, just like you, you know, we, we've had people that have reached out to other users and like we use our community to like, if you, if you need more of a push or some more clarification of implementing, cause all of your salons are different and they all should be treated differently. So if we can find you with another member that uses, like has a similar, um, you know, structure, whether it's pay or staff or product, we will line that up. And then you kind of get this kind of buddy, buddy system where you get to meet another owner that is in the same situation and they can also help you with, with taking that step. Awesome. Awesome. I love this. I love it so much. Thank you for coming on and being so open about everything. Well, I appreciate it. It's been so nice to, to chat with you and to be a part of, of your, your, uh, your podcast and be a part of this thing. Well, hopefully um, I can give you a real hug one of these days. I know. I know. For now, virtual ones. Yeah, exactly. Fist bumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Alicia, where can people find you? We are at salonscale.com or at salonscale on most of our, like all of our platforms, Facebook, Instagram. And then um, if you do have any questions, info at salonscale.com. Awesome. We had to say that one more time, the info, you had a little bit of a technical difficulty. <laughs> so again, salonscale.com at salonscale is all of our handles. And then if you have any questions or you want any more um, information, info at salonscale.com, you can always email us and our team will be there to help you out. And your team is the sweetest, by the way, too. Oh my God, they're <laughs> the best. I yeah. love them. <laughs> Alicia, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Don't forget, if you are interested in Salon Scale, you can head over to www.salonscale.com and find out all of the information. And if you want to save 10% on your annual membership, then use code MISTY10, M-I-S-T-Y, one zero. <laughs> like you don't know that. Anyway, use code MISTY10 and you can save 10% on your annual membership. Thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. As always, if you liked this episode, please share it, leave a review, all of the things. Don't forget to tag me and I will repost. Thank you. I will talk with you on the next one. <laughs>